You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors beneath crystal chandeliers and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious water front wedding venue with all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way. The gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Deborah Hartswell, and you're tuned into BBR Cryptid and Paranormal Investigations. Thank you for joining me, and I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you are well and enjoying your day. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Sorry about the voice, but it's all I've got at the moment. I've been in hospital, um, had sepsis and a number of other infections. I'm quite ill and they took my appendix out. And when they took the appendix out, I think the tube that they put in my throat's done a bit of a number on my voice. But I'm going to try and get my way through this. Tonight we're going to go to America and we're going to the Chippewa Valley. Um, and the areas that surround that, if we follow the Chippewa route. Now, there's a forgotten ghost town of Meridian, and that sits on the Chippewa River, just west of Eau Claire. And it's not only the area thought to be haunted by the siren-like ghost of Mary Dean, it also seems like a favourite prowling ground for hellhounds. According to local legends, nearly 60 years ago, a park truck was found down at the boat landing in Meridian. It was believed that two young kids who'd gone down to the area and parked their vehicle were brutally torn apart by some fierce wild beast. When the police looked inside the vehicle, they discovered blood splattered all over the interior. It was almost a forensic scene, but the bodies of the victims were missing. Further analysis uncovered clumps of hair from some unidentified animal and the bodies of the youngsters were never found, and that hair has never been identified to this day, almost 60 years later. The next man to make a report was a big, burly biker, so not the exact type of guy you'd think would be scared of something like this, but you'd be wrong. Witnesses come in all shapes and sizes, believe me. It doesn't matter what your profession is, your social standing, your size of your, you know, how big are your minerals, it really doesn't matter. When you see something completely terrifying, it's completely terrifying and end off. This biker stated that him and a couple of friends decided to take their bikes out and go and investigate the case of Mary Dean, which is said to be a ghost that kind of entices you into the woods, very similar to the reports that we have in England. Now, they all arrived at the area and they immediately felt watched. The bikers were then able to see a number of strange, dog-like creatures approaching them. They de- described the dogs as almost transparent. The group could almost see right through them, he said. Now, the second thing that freaked them out was the fact that the group exited the area at a very quick pace. But the hellhounds had no problem keeping up with them, no matter how fast they went. 
with a gruesome looking hellhound running right next to him and his bike, one man kicked out his foot and attempted to kick the ferocious dog. Much to his surprise, his foot simply went straight through the creature. This aggressive action seemed to work because after the kick, the dog simply disappeared. They just vanished into the night. Fearing that the dogs were out to harm them, the bikers quickly decided to leave and just not return to the area, which is probably a very good idea. Within a few hundred yards of the boathouse, there is another report that's made quite recently to Michael Bachman of Cryptozoology News. And Michael Bachman was one of the first people who was prepared to take my account and publish it. So I have a great lot of respect for Michael. Now, he states that a motorist spotted what they called a dogman. Uh, a man driving through Eau Claire region in Wisconsin spotted an unidentified animal. He said it looked like a two-legged wolf. And you will hear in these reports that's description over and over again, an upright standing wolf. This gentleman was called David M. And he's a Canadian businessman. And reported that he was driving along Interstate 94 on the 1st of October 2019 when he came upon the alleged creature. I was hoping to make it to the casino in the Dells and just stay there, he said. As I drove along, I noticed a figure moving towards the right side of the car. David described it as black. It was six to seven feet tall. It was fuzzy and shaggy in appearance. It was also standing upright and it was slightly leaned forward. He added that he couldn't figure out a head or upper limbs because it was such a quick glance that he got but that there were one thing about the animal that really captured his attention, and he said that was its legs. They were slender and backwards from that of a human. They were dog-like in anatomy and were sloped. The slope was about 45 degrees and very long, about five feet, three feet long, sorry. Now, the strange biped, he says, walked with a very peculiar gait. It was sort of bobbing up and down, but athletically. Then he recalls the figure, took about three steps and was out of sight. I didn't see it cross in front of me. When it came into view, it was just as it came into my headlight range. That's how I noticed it. It wasn't running or moving with haste. It was just bobbing along in a brisk walk. I will never forget that strange gait, he said, and the way the legs looked. It looked like it could run very fast if it had to or wanted to. Now, the Canadian businessman says he's sure that it was not a human or an animal that he'd ever seen before. He said he wasn't a deer or a bear, a cow, an elk, a horse or any other animal that Michael suggested. The closest animal comparison he could make would be of a black panther with a shaggier coat that was slender, walking upright with much longer legs. Or like some sort of hairy centaur, he said. And Dave, the businessman, says he's always thought Bigfoot and other cryptids were hoaxes, to be honest. He says scepticism has quickly dissipated. He now believes he could have been looking at the Wisconsin werewolf. He says, I'm from Ontario. I've never been through Wisconsin before in my life. I'd not heard of any of the werewolf sightings or anything of that sort before. Now... I look at some of the photos online and a few appear very similar. But what I saw seems to be a bit more lanky. He did provide a sketch of the creature and that's what you're seeing now. I have a witness in England that saw 
a very similar creature and she said she couldn't at first she thought it was a cat a large puma or a leopard because that's what had been reported in the newspapers over and over again so I asked her to go online and put cryptid in and just have a look on a, a general google search and see what um figure came up and she pointed at the um Wisconsin werewolf the typical drawing that you see on Linda Godfrey's site in the area this highway 37 and that is known for the red-eyed beast and in 2001 a woman was a bit shaken up by a very odd late night experience on what seemed like just another drive home the woman was making her way down she was going south on highway 37 when something odd caught her eye instinctively she slowed down to grab a glimpse of what she initially thought was an extremely large dog as the vehicle slowed the real shape of the creature emerged. It was crouching off to the side of the road and it was very large. She said it was heavily muscled and its size was similar to that of a large bear. But its shape was like that of a dog or a wolf or a panther. The creature was on all fours and it cast an intimidating presence, she said, with its shimmering black coat. The woman didn't dwell too long on the creature's shape because something else shifted her attention. What the woman saw next would give her nightmares. It was approximately 11.30pm, which meant the sky was dark. This fact made it even easier for the woman to notice that the mysterious creature lurking on the side of the road had glowing red eyes that brightly pierced through the dark of the night. The woman was now highly frightened Yet at the same time, she felt almost mesmerised by the creature's blazing gaze. The glowing red that showed close the eyes seemed to be emanating from the beast's mouth as well, as if the red was coming from within it. The frightened woman hit the gas and tore off towards home. These red eyes pop up over and over again. Red-eyed creature of Ebchester jumps easily to mind. The wet red eyes are well fed. There are a number of accounts here. In England, and um, they go back through history of a red-eyed creature within the wood. And often, if you get too close to it, it will growl or do something to move you on, to frighten you in some way. Another highway in America is Highway 53. And that's um, home to the Euclid Beast. Now, the wet next witness to the beast... Oh, dear, I'm getting proper tongue-tied tonight. I don't know what's wrong with me. The next witness to the beast was an employee of Eau and she worked at the TV station. She was on a late shift and she left work around 11pm each night. The woman was heading on south out of town on US Highway 53 when a headline... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's flashed against the outline of some creature positioned on the side of the road. Slowing down to avoid any possible collision, the woman was amazed to see a very large panther-like creature off in the gully. The woman thought that it had to be a bear, yet it was so muscular that the body type just didn't fit. Perhaps a woman's head like startled a beast because it quickly darted for safety out of the brush. Initially, the woman thought little of her encounter. It wasn't until she arrived home that the bizarreness of it all set in and she decided to report her experience. That happens often. People are so shocked by the event, they almost file it away. And sometimes it can be on getting home when you're in a really normal situation, you sat down with your evening meal or something, that reality suddenly hits and you think, what was that? And, and the fear of the event rolls in. For some people, they can forget is the wrong word, I think. I think they can file the memory away. And it can be a number of years before they'll ex- kind of... I can only give you a personal experience. For me, I kind of filed it away. And then it was seeing the Sykesville monster one day online and everything just came rushing back. Every feeling I'd had that day, I could smell it, I could feel it, I could hear it, I could sense it. And I didn't know that that was quite natural for memory back then. I mean, you know, I just didn't have a clue. It's almost PTSD-like, where a smell or a sound or something something you see can take you right back to the event. And it kind of works in the opposite for some people, that they have the event and then they, whether their brain's protecting them or they choose without knowing to file it away uh, for a number of years, that will happen and you come across it over and over again. And sometimes because of this, the witness feels that maybe they're making it up or they're not remembering it correctly and once you explain to them it's quite natural for your brain to kind of put an event away until you're ready to come to terms with it i think that makes it a little bit easier for them also what you find is it can happen in families so you'll get maybe a father that's had an event in the 60s 50s 60s 70s something like that and then his son or his daughter will have one in in their um era shall we say kind of the case with the big rapids beast this gent says when i was a boy my father was the night watchman at a manufacturing plant located in a rural area between big rapids and chippewa lake michigan our house which if i remember right was a perk of the night watchman job it was across the street from the factory now the plant building was right next to a large wilderness area of state land and at that time it was simply known as the haymarsh but now it's officially called the Haymarsh State Game Area. We didn't understand it at the time, but Dad was always very skittish about letting us play outside after dark. He was fine in the day, but as soon as it got dusk, he'd want us all in. He'd sometimes talk about hearing coyotes or bears roaming around in the Haymarsh when he was walking the perimeter of the building at night when he was at work. He told us one night in the summer of 61, 
Uh, Dad walked back to the house to sit on the porch and have a cup of coffee and a sweet roll for his break. He had a good view of the entire plant property and he saw some movement near a chain-link fence behind the building. This was approximately about 3am, so he felt quite sure this person wasn't there by accident. He drew his gun and he watched for a few minutes and that's when he noticed this was not a person at all. He had a bigger stance, it was much taller. He said it appeared to be covered in a brown or grey hair. It had very broad shoulders and a powerful chest. He alternated between walking on all fours and standing up onto two legs. He said it seemed to be looking for something along the driveway. He said later he couldn't quite believe what he was seeing. He quietly moved into the house and grabbed his camera, which was his pride and joy. And at this point, I should mention that Dad was quite a photography buff. His father owned one of the first camera stores in Ohio. And Dad got the shutter bug bug from Grandad. As he stepped back onto the front porch, the creature that he saw moved slowly along the driveway, directly under the lights. He adjusted the camera shutter for a long exposure, held it still as he could. He said he was shaking really badly at that point, and he snapped a picture. And I enclosed the print of it in this letter. Dad said a few seconds later, the thing dropped down on all fours and slowly moved off into the woods. And the picture you're seeing is uh, the picture that's on screen at the moment. And he said that he sent the print to the local newspaper and he sent copies of it to several magazines. One that I think was called The Mysterion and it was published many years ago now. And the pub, they actually published a photograph of it in their spring issue of 1962. Dad had a copy of the magazine for years, but it was misplaced after he passed away. I still have the negative strip that contains the image if you want to have a look at it. I also still have his uh, camera, it's a Kodak Signet. I haven't shot any pictures with it for several years, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. And he does have some reports of his own, but he doesn't go into them. He's not um, happy to open up about them yet. Now, there are other reports from all across the state and from the neighbouring states. With the many water sources and ample resources for food and cover, it's not surprising, really. The history of wolf-headed men or upright canid creatures go back a very long way. The Native American people knew of them and they were clued into their ways. The French settlers who saw the creature for themselves were not shocked or surprised. It was the same creature from back home in Europe, known as the Loup Garou. Thousands of miles apart and before global communication, the same creature stalked the villages and farmers of France. If they were lucky, it only took the livestock. If not, it was themselves or their loved ones or their friends. The Loup Garou, as it was called, was so fearsome, people refused to discuss it. The mere mention of its name could bring it calling. Now, there's no difference between these creatures other than the land that they walk on. And over the centuries, they're seen by ordinary people worldwide. Here in England, there are around one or two sightings every, at least every year. And for a tiny island, that's a lot. But if you travel to the United States or Canada, you can add a zero or two to that tally. The Reed City Beast is one of them. This happened in 1993. And report details an event that occurred 
a long time ago, but the witness remembers it like it was yesterday, and she's unshakable in her story. Her name's Courtney, and her encounter took place during the winter of 93-94. Courtney was a teenager at the time and was sneaking a cigarette. She said, we were on the property and it was really cold and I'd just got some new rollerblades. The barn on the property always kind of spooked me. It was filled with rusty old equipment and the outer planks were all rotten and it sagged and leaned in every direction. My dad said to stay away as the whole thing would collapse. Now on that evening, I was standing about 50 feet from the barn and I saw a sunlight coming through the gaps in the siding. Courtney took her eyes off the barn for a few minutes, then something caught her attention again. There was some movement, and the light flickered. She said, I couldn't really tell what it was. Then it turned its head, and it looked straight at me. It was at least six feet tall, if not more. It was dark coloured. It had a dog-like appearance, it had a pointy nose and really big pointy ears. Courtney dashed into the house to grab a flashlight, and when she returned outside... She shined it towards the barn door, but the animal was no longer there. She walked closer to the barn to look for tracks in the heavy snow. When she didn't see any, she realised the creature might still be inside the barn. And she ran back to the safety of the house. She never saw the creature again, thank goodness. She later talked to a neighbour who'd seen something very similar. The neighbour described it as the size of a buffalo, but the shape of a dog. In the same barn, a few months before Courtney's encounter, the neighbour said she'd been so frightened she was near hysterics for days and her father had taken his gun and searched the barn, but he didn't find anything. In 1994, there is an encounter that took place in an, the area called Watersmeet, um, and it's home of the famous Paulding Light Phenomenon, and anyone who's into uh, the paranormal will know that, what that is. Oddly enough... The Paulding lights are also known as the dog meadow lights. I was 13. I'd just gotten a new rollerblades for Christmas. And since the main road where our property sits was paved, I couldn't wait to ride around for a bit. I went blading by myself and stopped for a rest for a second. On this road, the woods are thick. There's not much space between the roads and the woods in most parts. I remember seeing some trees pushed down on the road that my dad said was normal and it was done by bears. He was an avid bear hunter. I remember not hearing any of your normal sounds of nature, not even birds. The air was still and the sky was pure dark in not too long. I hadn't been out that long. It was deciding to go dark, so I just thought, I'm going to turn back. And it was at that moment I heard a rustling behind me and something emerged from the left side of the road. I assumed it was a day. I paused made myself as quiet as I could. I slumped down onto my stomach in the middle of the road just so I could watch it and it was about 600 feet ahead of me. And I got myself settled in the road to watch it and I looked up. I realised what I was looking at wasn't a deer. It was on all fours. It had grey brown fur. I don't know what it was. At first I furred the waist thinking it was a bear and that it got my scent and to Sarah, its outline and its colour. I thought I was looking at a dog, but then I saw the face, and that was primitive. It was like a fox or a coyote, and at this point in my life, I'd never seen a wolf in real life, and it was too far for me to make out exactly what it was. 
Now, the Michigan Department of Natural Resources stated that they recognised that the wild wolves still roamed in the Upper Peninsula, although they were thought to be very limited numbers. And they were only in the extremely remote areas. But they said it's conceivable that this witness was seeing one of those wolves. But then something strange happened, she said. It extended its front legs, and in the slowest, longest seconds of my life, it stood up on its hind legs, it sniffed the air, and it walked for about five steps. Then it got down on all fours and walked to the other side of the woods, and then it disappeared. I don't remember how long I laid in the middle of the road, staring at an empty space when I saw this thing stand like a human. I remember my jaw hanging down as low as it could. It finally clicked in my mind that perhaps I should rollerblade my butt out of there and that's what I did. Now the witness reports that while the creature never stalked or pursued her, she slept very little during the rest of that year. She never told anyone about what she'd seen or what she'd feared, just didn't want to be ridiculed. And she moved to Southern California in 2008 and put it all behind her. Now, the Beast of the Sandies. My dad and I have a story to tell about our encounters with the dogman. My dad's story took place in the mid-70s. Now, there's a cemetery behind the Alpina High School. Cemeteries come up over and over again with canine-type creatures, ancient burial grounds and new modern cemeteries. You'll find many of the dogman accounts are actually around them. And at the back of this cemetery, she said that there's also a wooded area. Now, there are many trails that run through there, she said, and in this area there's a place called the Sandies, where all the young kids would go and party. My dad and two of his buddies were in a canoe in broad daylight, paddling from the Sandies around the back of the cemetery. Now, the banks of the river are about 10 to 12 feet high in places, and some of the trails run right to the edge. The three of them saw what looked like a big dog that was running behind them on the trail. They didn't pay much attention to it because they were in the boat until they heard a splash. And when they looked, it was swimming after them. He said it went from a dog paddle to the chest and its front legs coming out of the water on two legs and it waded after them. They decided right then not to wait around to see if it would catch up. Honestly, I thought it was BS at the time. And I'm still not even sure to this day if it was something he'd been smoking or drinking then he didn't want to tell me. But then, around 2001-2002, I saw something strange myself. I was leading some friends through the sandy trails and I used to like taking people out there with a flashlight telling them my dad's story and freak them out and get them scared. The girls I was with were freaked out before we even got into the woods so I decided not to scare them that night. I didn't tell them. In the river, there are several islands and they're connected by a small sliver of land. And at that time... There were three such islands chained together and I took them through to the last island and that one was planted with pines and they were in nice even rows. It was forested. Now I was the first one back there and about 30 seconds ahead of the others when one of the girls got a foot caught up on something. I was going back to help her and there was a spot where the trees made a sort of roof effect and it looked really cool and you could see the moon shining through. At that point, I saw something. I'm not sure what it was, but it sent me running out of there double time. 
When my buddy saw my face, he didn't say a word. He just followed, both of us dragging the girls behind us. When he asked me later why I came out in such a hurry, I told him it was because I thought I'd seen something at the other end of the island. Whatever it was, was walking through the trees. It was very tall and it didn't look human. He may or may not have believed me, but he never questioned it either. I'm still not sure what I saw. I mean, I could have been scared and influenced by my dad's story. But I know this, I still don't like the dark. And even though I love hunting, I hate going out before the sun comes up during deer season. Another case in 2007 of a dog-like creature that was upright on two legs happened in Bendon. And the witness is a prominent person in the local government and he doesn't want to give his name. Now the situation started around midnight when he was coming home from a friend's house in Benzonia and they were taking the back way home to Traverse City. The gentleman stated that while travelling down Cinder Road, several miles outside of the town of Bendon, he observed a pair of eyes reflecting off his headlights ahead of him. Thinking it was probably a deer alongside the road, he began to slow down. As he got closer, however, he stated that the object was much larger and much darker than a deer. He said that by this time, he'd slowed to around 30 miles per hour and he was at that point several hundred feet from the creature, which still hadn't moved. As he approached further, he stated that the only way he could describe the creature was being similar to a very large dark wolf. However, he observed that this thing wasn't on four legs. It was standing upright, and its back two legs were standing near to a road-killed deer, so it was standing over the kill. He estimated that the creature stood a little over six feet tall and had very dark fur. He stated that, by now, he was going slow enough to bring his truck to a stop in the road and observed the creature, which, as of yet, had not moved, and it was still staring at him. He believed at that point that the object was a giant stuffed animal and someone had put it there as a kind of joke just to freak people out. And he said he'd never seen anything like it in his life, but he wasn't scared of it at that point. He was able to drive up quite close on it, he said. And because it didn't move an inch, it didn't scare him. However, before he could finish that thought, the creature then dropped to all fours, sprinted across the road and disappeared into the woods on the other side of the roadway. He stayed frozen in his seat for a minute, wondering in the middle of the road what the heck had just happened. Whatever that was, it was real. As perplexed as he was that night over what he'd seen, he was definitely afraid to go wandering in the woods to investigate further, but he wanted to know what it was. He said that in using his flashlight, he observed an animal's tracks leading into the woods on the opposite side of the road, and he was fortunate enough that night to have his camera with him. He snapped a photograph of the paw print, which he said appeared to be about six, uh, seven to eight inches long. And in the picture, you will see that he placed a shotgun shell in the middle of the print for scale. Now, he said he felt he was lucky that the side of the road was so soft because he wasn't willing to go any further than two or three steps away from the door of his truck to get the picture. If it was not for the picture, he would have thought that he'd imagined the whole thing, he said. In 1987, in the area of Sparta, another dogman was reported, and this was by two men, and they also had a period of missing time. 
The two men were on their way home after having dinner in town, and their friend owned a cabin in Sparta, Michigan, and they were visiting him. On their way into town, however, they passed something on the side of the road that startled both of them fairly badly. A tall creature, easily seven feet tall, was just standing and watching them as they passed. They both saw it, they both described it as a wolf, standing upright on its two legs. But the thing that makes this dogman sighting strange is that as they drove into town and made their way to the cabin, they suddenly found themselves passing the welcome town sign for the start of town for a second time. Somehow, without realising it, they'd been set back several minutes. Really freaky, and I don't know how to explain that one. It was almost, they said, like an alien event. They lost an hour or two as well, and they didn't realise that until they finally made it to the cabin, and they couldn't, the friend couldn't understand why they were so late. Now, as I take reports all over the world, I've realised that we cannot suggest to witnesses what they saw. So we can't say to the people that have described them as things or beasts, we can't say to them that was a dogman or that was a werewolf, no matter how tempted we are to do that. It's really easy to influence them into your theory. And this just should be avoided at all costs. I've taken a number of reports where the witness specifically used the words bear man or unknown creature. And then I've immediately seen them appearing on YouTube as a dogman report. When I've got in touch with the creator and asked why they've used the word dogman and they didn't stick to the words that the witness used... The usual answer was because the creator felt it fitted far better with the dogman tag. That's really annoying and it, and it's a bugbear for me because we should always use the words that were given by the witness. It's hard enough getting them to share and trust you in the first place. So even a small change can make them wary of you or pull back completely. So I can work with a witness for 18 months or three years and get them to trust me absolutely Someone will ask me, can they use one of my videos or one of my reports? And it happened quite recently with the, the Rivington Bear Man. The witness who made that report described what she said was a bear-headed man. Within 10 minutes of that video going up and me seeing the title, I was quite annoyed, to be honest, because the title was The Dogman of Rivington. When I asked the guy why he'd done that, why he changed what the witnesses said, he said because he felt that it fitted better with the dogman stories. And I, that was quite a bugbear with me because I thought, well, if that witness is upset, I've just wasted three years of my time telling her that she can be trusted and I wouldn't change any word that she said. I see it happen over and over again and, and it's not on. People shouldn't do it. So this report will go out and someone will change it to fit their description. So that's the reason I never use the word dogman or... You know, unless that's what specifically what the witness said. And this next report is a very good example of that. The foul of ill gorilla with a canine head. And this happened in 2016. Now, the gentleman was a fireman and reported to authorities that he saw a gorilla-shaped creature that had a canine's head. He said it raced over 100 feet into the wooden area in a period of three or four seconds. Then the creature vanished from sight. He said he saw a gorilla with a canine's head. So I will not say to him, we saw a werewolf, you saw a dogman, you saw a wolf-headed man. Because his truth is that he saw a gorilla 
with the canine's head. So that's why the report comes in, no matter what we think, no matter what our theories are. Now, the elders from the Ottawa Chippewa tribe believe that dogmen are members of a shape-shifting skinwalker tribe and they've kind of been stuck here before the kind of stuck within their human and animal farms. There are other legends of Wendigos and werewolves and the stories go back hundreds of years in, in natural history. Um, and I don't suppose they, then they were called dogmen. That's a word that we use now because it's a very popular word, but it's very rare that I get a report where the, the witness says, I've seen a dogman, or, you know, it's usually this dog-headed thing, or I've seen this, it looked like a wolf thing, Deborah. I don't really know what it was. It's kind of human, but hairy. So it's just something I wanted to get across while I was doing this report. We must always use the words that the witnesses give us because we're not just storytellers, we're the sharers of truth. So when somebody comes to me with their truth, I want to share that in their words and their words only. When I first made a report, I made it to, um, I think it was, oh, I can't remember now, it was like Beast of UK or something ridiculous. I, don't, I can't remember now, it was such a long time ago. And I said to him that I'd seen something I couldn't describe when I was 15 and it kind of resembled an ape and a man pushed together. And he asked me a number of questions and, you know, was it ape-like, was it this-like, was it that? And I said, it was kind of like a caveman, almost hydrogenesis, but that didn't fit, hydrogenesis, but that wasn't perfect. And the report went out as, woman sees hydrogenesis in Salford Park, and I knew at that point that I would never do that to another witness because I felt like he'd taken my truth and he twisted it to fit his sight. And that's worrying, and we don't need to be doing that. So rant over. <laughs> I want to say thank you to everybody that's um, messaged me with well wishes because I've been ill. A number of people have asked me, can they have my um, personal address so they can send cards? And for all, I'm very flattered. I don't really want to give my personal address out online, so that'd be great. And honestly, BBR needs donations. Um, so if you want to send us a pound or two donation, that would help because I'm not going to be able to work I'm not going to be able to make any money um, and the volunteers are having to take over everything for me. So if you could spare a pound or two for a donation, that would be highly welcomed. But if you can't, you can't. We're all in the same boat, aren't we? Um, I can see the nurses have just pulled up now. They're coming in to get me changed and get me washed um, into my pyjamas for bed. So good night, everybody. I hope you have a lovely weekend and I will see you all next week.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.